listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I'm going to give you five reasons to pull your kids out of public school immediately. We're going to be talking about today. Pull them out immediately, and here's why. Now, I understand that not everybody that might watch this or listen to this uh, has the, <laughs> Carolyn said, Tiffany, not everybody uh, that's watching this or listening to this might have, you may not all have the ability to pull your kids out of public school. I understand that there are um, some homes where both parents are working and have to work and, um, and don't have the ability to stay home with their children. And I understand also that there are single parent homes uh, where the parent is working. I get that. I also understand that uh, if we're talking about uh, Christian school, Christian private school or homeschool, that not everybody is in position currently to uh, pay the extra money for Christian private school or homeschool, although homeschool is becoming more and more affordable uh, by the year. In fact, this year, I think if you're in elementary school, uh, it's only, I think, $2,000 for the entire year, uh, which we're going to be working to do more and more to help you. But um, I get it. I get it that I'm not saying across the board everybody has to because I know not everybody can, uh, but we can believe for it. Like, for example, if, uh, if your children are in elementary school or whatever, I would say in, a, in the course of a year, you know, we spend $2,000, you spend $2,000 on things that... Uh, I'm sure if you looked at your budget closely, you'd have the ability to do it. Um, it. It really is an investment. I mean, I want you to think of it as an investment into your children because that's exactly what it is. It is an investment into your kids. You say, well, that's a lot of money to do to do that. It is an investment. I get that it costs. It's like, well, it's free to some, but yes, it's free. But th- in this broadcast, we're going to be thinking about what it is that you're trading for free. What is it that you're trading, morning Tyra, for free? Carolyn said kindergarten's even cheaper than, than elementary school. And of course, the more subjects you take, the more it goes up, but it's worth every single penny. And for those of you that are jumping on, you might wonder like, well, what, what do you, um, I like that, AJ. AJ said a great way to start is putting what you can into a 529 account for babies and toddlers. Trump tax law made that money available for elementary and high school tuition, which is wonderful. Um, so you say, well, what do you recommend? Well, uh, this is what I've done my entire life. My sister did. It used to be called Alpha Omega, um, which is a homeschooling curriculum. But uh, they recently, I think just last year, changed their name. Uh, do you know what the new one is, Tiffany? Is it Ignite? Carolyn, put it in the comments, whatever the new one is. I think it's Ignite Christian Academy. Am I right on that? It's been Alpha Omega for years. Uh, And that's what I took. That's what my sister took. Our kids have taken Ignite Christian Academy. There it is. You can even pay Ignite Christian Academy monthly with no interest added. 
So it's called um, Ignite Christian Academy. It's worth it because it's not just homeschooling. It's also, and this is not a, this is not a commercial for them. I'm just saying this is what we use if you want to know. Um, it's accredited, yes, but it's also with the academy, you have access to actual teachers beside yourself that can Zoom call with your kids, teach them things that you may not uh, be able to as they go further in school or whatever. But we're going to talk about this. It's just a name change. There's, they didn't change ownership. It's not different beliefs. It's the same as Alpha Omega was, uh, Ignite Christian Academy. And so there's others also that you can do, but it's a great homeschooling curriculum. But I want to ask yourself, what's the reason? What are we talking about? Five things I'm going to give you today, which need to make your mind begin to process. Am I really making the right move by not investing in my children? By not investing in my children. You think about the fact that children, the Bible says, are a blessing from the Lord. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Um, and we are to invest, you know, one of the things that I think we could talk about first is the fact that, uh, the Bible refers to children as arrows in a quiver. The Bible talks about (laughs) Carolyn has to go teach now. Love you, Carolyn. Um, the Bible refers to children as arrows in a quiver. Well, think about that analogy for a minute. Think of your child as an arrow. What do you do with an arrow? You knock it into that bow. And then as you pull that back, what are you doing? First of all, you're aiming, you're aiming that arrow and then you're putting force behind it by the, 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 the string pull on the bow. You're aiming it, you're putting force behind it, and you're releasing it on an intended trajectory. Now, I want you to put that, uh, that phrase in the comments section real quick. Put that phrase, intended trajectory. I want you to put that in the comments. Why? Because here is what our investment is doing. This is what our investment is doing for our children. We are aiming them. We are putting force behind them and we're releasing them on what? An intended trajectory. Very important thought process. An intended trajectory. We are ahead of time deciding which way we want our children to fly. Which way? What am I aiming them at? See, because here's the thing. If you just turn them over to this system that's been set up that we have, you are just saying whatever trajectory you'd like to send my child, send my child. First of all, you have no say over uh, the curriculum of the public school. You have no say over uh, what teachers say in the classroom. You have no say on any of that stuff. All of these things are uh, a trajectory that is put together by an anti-Christ system, an anti-God system. And so we're saying, well, I'm just going to send my kid into that anti-Christ, anti-God system and let them determine the trajectory of my child. I don't think so. That's ridiculous. And I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. Jess Burton says, you don't even know what they say in the classroom. Exactly right. And so I have an intended trajectory for my child. I know which way I want them to fly. 
AJ makes a great point. He said, Satan already has a plan for my children, destruction. It's my responsibility to aim them uh, towards success in God. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We have an intended trajectory for our kids. They are arrows in a quiver. I'm putting them in, I'm aiming them, I'm putting force behind them, and I'm releasing them on a path. Train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And so when I give you these five things, I want you to understand that this is from the mindset of what trajectory am I setting for my children? And you have, morning Quentin, you have the ability to set that trajectory and by the power of the Holy Spirit, ensure that those kids are headed for supernatural success. And public school is not it. It's not the way to go. It's terrible. I mean, the decline that we've seen in public school since they've literally just released the schools from uh, prayer and all the, I mean, it's, the decline is unbelievable. I was looking at some statistics this morning. We'll talk about it. The, the decline is unbelievable. It's, it's, it's crazy, but let me break these five things down. And I want to show you this. Uh, I'm going to give you these five. I want you to put them in, you know, write them in the comments, make a note of them. And we'll talk about it in this way. Number one, the first reason you need to pull your, your kids out of public school is this number one, they're not prepared to be a light in the darkness. They're not ready. They're not ready. You say, well, you don't know my kids. Well, let me just say something to you. You're sending your, you know, fourth grader, your third grader to school. And and I've had this now I'm not mocking. I'm just, I'm explaining because I've actually had people say to me, well, the reason that we keep our kids in public school is because we want them to be a light in the darkness. Okay. The problem is they're not ready to be a light in the darkness. They're not ready at third grade. They're not ready at fifth grade. I'm talking about the average Christian kid. They're not ready. How do I know they're not ready? Because we're sending away college age students who are not ready to be a light in the darkness. We're sending away Christian college age kids to university and they're not ready. You know how I know they're not ready? Because they come back indoctrinated. They come back not even believing the Bible is true, not even believing that it's, uh, you know, authentic, that we don't have, you know, the, the professors in these liberal universities are talking them out of everything. They come back as literal, uh, as liberal automatons, they're liberal robots. That shows you right there that they weren't ready to go into those atmospheres. And I'm talking about college age kids. They weren't ready. They go in and if you can go into a place for three to four years and it, and you spent 18 years coming up in church and you can go away for four years and have your whole life view turned around in four years, you were not ready. You were not ready. Autumn said, I've been homeschooled basically my whole life. I'm hundred percent grateful. My parents spent the time preparing me in the word. My life has changed for the better because of it. And you have great parents, Autumn. Uh, my relationship with Jesus has grown so much student to parent homeschool your kids. They will thank you later. That's exactly right. That's exactly, exactly right. And, and don't believe this myth that, you know, homeschool kids are weird. I know Autumn. Autumn's cool. She's not weird. 
I was homeschooled. My sister's homeschooled. You know, you don't have, the only reason, my, my wife has said this on her podcast, the only reason that homeschool kids that get weird is because they got weird parents. That's why. That's why they're weird. They got weird parents, awkward, socially awkward parents. If you just be a normal person, your kids aren't going to turn out weird. And, and homeschooling doesn't mean you lock your kids in the house 24-7. and They're never allowed to interact with anybody. That's not the case. It's just that I'm going to decide their trajectory. I'm going to decide their tra- trajectory. And so let me just say, uh, the, the point I'm making, number one, they're not ready to be a light because they've come up for 18 years in church and they go away to a university for three, four years and they come back a complete liberal robot and have thrown aside the faith. That showed you right there that they're not ready to go into those places and be a light in the darkness. No one has prepared them. So don't tell me that you're fourth grader and that you're fifth grader. You might be the exception. I'm not saying across the board. You might be that super parent that has prepared your uh, uh, fifth grader to be, you know, an apologetics master that can go in there and tell them, you know, seven points as to why we believe the Bible is true. If that's you, more power to you. But I'm talking about the average person, fifth grader, the fourth grader, the sixth grader. They're not ready to go and be a light in the darkness. You know, that, that's, that's not what happens. They go in and they get indoctrinated. So this whole thought process of I'm leaving my kids, more than Justin, I'm leaving my kids in public school so they can be a light in the darkness. Well, good luck with that. I hope they are. I truly hope they are because the majority are not. And what ends up happening is, is that their light does not rub off on the darkness. Their dark, the darkness rubs off on them. And then what you got is a bunch of secular kids running around in church that all they do is they spend... If you think about it, you're, you're looking at eight, nine hours a day in a public school system, close to 50 hours a week. Let's call it 40. Let's just say for the sake of it, 40, they're spending a full work week in a secular system around people that don't care anything about God or the anointing or the power of God. They don't care anything about that. And you're dumping them in there for 40 hours a week, basically. So you can have, you know, if, if, here's what I think. And this, this, this seems harsh. If you have the ability to homeschool your children and you don't, I wonder, it makes me wonder why, why, if you can stay at home, if you're a parent that can stay at home and work from home and, and have the ability to homeschool your children and you don't, but you'd rather turn them over to a secular system. I ask why I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Because your kids are not strong enough to be a light in the darkness. <laughs> and, and, and you say, well, yes, my kid. Listen, if your kids are, praise God. But the average kids are not. I've, listen, I've spoken to youth for the last 20 years. 20. I was a youth pastor. I had a youth group. I've done youth camps, youth conferences, youth events. I've done it for 20 years. 20 years. I can tell you from being around Christian youth, Christian kids, that the, they're, they're trying to keep their head above water in most cases. They're trying to keep their head above water. And anybody that's worked in it with Christian youth know exactly what I'm talking about. They're in their formative years. They need help. 
Yeah, Karen, my, my daughter's two new best friends in ninth grade are lesbians. So, I mean, you know, the Christian kids need help. They're being formed. They're in their formative years. They're being trained. So, so don't, you know, they're, they're not going in there as Billy Graham. It like blows my mind. Now God can use young people. I have no question about that. I've seen it happen. But what we're just turning kids over to an antichrist agenda and an antichrist system and saying, hope you make it, hope you make it. And then some, some parents are so negligent about church. They don't even go to church every week. Do you realize that the average Christian, the average Christian goes to church once every five weeks. So you got parents or Christians, you don't even go to church regularly, but you turn your children over to an antichrist system for 40 hours a week every Every week, every week. So I had, I had a, a person when I was a youth pastor, I had a person come into my office that was a, a parent of one of the girls in my youth group. And she was hot. She was, she was ready to take my head off because her daughter was having issues and starting to act, you know, differently than she supposedly raised her to act. And I stopped her in her tracks. I said, hang on right there before you start spouting off whatever you're going to spout off and let me help you with a thought process. Number one, there are 168 hours in any given week, 168 hours in a week. Okay. 40 of those hours, your daughter goes to public high school, public high school. So there's 40 of the hours. I think we can just say, for 56 of those hours, obviously, your daughter's sleeping, right? So eight hours a day for seven days a week, 56 hours of sleep. So there's a hundred, let's call it 106 hours, uh, 96 hours of that's uh, out of the week. So where's the rest? Well, she's at home with her mom. How much do I get her daughter per week? One hour of teaching one hour, maybe two hours to influence her daughter in a 168 hour week. So you're upset. I thought you were her youth pastor. I thought you're supposed to be teaching her how to live for God. Okay. Well, where do you think it's going to come from? Because if I've got your daughter to influence her by the word and by the spirit for two hours a week, your, your public schools got her for 40 hours and you've got her for the rest. And you don't even attend church regularly. So you explain to me where you think your daughter's getting her uh, action points from. You think she's getting it from the two hours that I get to influence her for Christ or the 40 hours of her public school system teaching or all the hours at home with you. You're not even faithful enough to God to attend church faithfully every single Sunday. And people have got it twisted. They think because they call themselves a Christian that somehow their family is going to be like some superhero family that's changing the world for God. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, and exactly. And her TV, her phone, her social media have her for the rest of the time. Her TikTok's got her. Her Snapchat's got her. Her Instagram's got her. So you explain to me why you think she's taking missteps. You think it's my fault and I've got your daughter for maybe two hours. I don't teach for two hours a week. So you explain to me where you think these problems are coming from. And I can tell you where they're coming from. It's not a mystery. As George W. Bush would say, you don't have to be a rocket surgeon. 
You understand? It's, it's because we've dipped them in a system that's anti-Christ and anti-God and then throw them in church for about 90 minutes every Sunday. And then you got parents that don't even think finding an on-fire church is important. No, we don't go to a Holy Ghost church. You know, our church is kind of, you know, seeker, but you know, we just, I know better. It's just a better, it's just close to our house. Okay. Good for you. You've saved some gas money and a little bit of transportation time to go to a church that's closer to your house. But you know, they got a better, uh, you know, but, but meanwhile, you're dipping your kids in the antichrist system. And then you got a church that has no fire of God because it's close to the house. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. And that's how, and you think I'm just, that's how people are. That's how people are. They, they, th- they live life so flippantly. They live life so flippantly and they wonder why things turn out in a mess. I can tell you why. Pick me. Pick me. It'd be better for you to drive an hour one way to go to an on fire church or pick up and move somewhere where there's a Holy Ghost church that will impact your children and impact your life forever. I I hate hearing this excuse like, well, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and the one we're going to now is not really Pentecostal, but you know, I know better. Your kids don't, your grandkids don't. So you're dipping them in this dead church and then submerging them in an anti-God, anti-Christ system. That's right, Janine. Who has the loudest voice in their lives? That's the question. So number one, why you need to pull your kids out of this public school trash is that it's an ant. They're not prepared to be a light in that system. They're not ready. If college age kids aren't ready, your fourth grader's not ready. Your sixth grader's not ready. Your seventh grader's not ready. Doesn't mean you're not preparing them to be ready, but they're being formed. They're being formed. And so they're not ready. Number two, <laughs> like Danielle said that so, someone stopped going to church because she said, well, it was too much like driving to work, but she was fine driving to work. Absolutely right. It's because people don't value what's important. And then they're like, I don't know, my, my family's having a mess, we're going to turn and pray for us. And then they're mad at the preacher, and they're mad at God, and they're mad at the Christian system. And all, all the while, you'd rather stay home in your PJs on Sunday morning. Number two, second reason you need to pull your kids out of public school ASAP, sexual perversion is being taught and commended in our public schools. Sexual perversion is being taught and commended in our public schools. You know, when you go, when you go see these things on the UK, in the UK that are going on now starting to bleed over into, in the United States of America, where they're uh, teaching your, your kindergartners, teaching your first graders with dolls, where's the best place to touch yourself to feel good on a doll. You're teaching that to a kindergartner and a first grader. That's what they're doing exactly what they're doing. And then now, you know, they've got, as Karen pointed out, all these things are being applauded in our public school system. LGBTQ has got their claws in the public school system. They're coming for your kids and they already said they are. They said it publicly. Coming for your children. It's in front of their face on every show on television. And now you've got states that are so dumb, like Virginia, that they've announced now that in public schools that uh, you can identify any way you want, nobody will say a thing, and you can use any restroom you want and nobody will say a thing. And if anyone does say something, they will be reprimanded and not you. 
So you know what's gonna you know what's gonna happen? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you know high school boys or not, but there's going to come a time very soon, and there's gonna be lawsuits because there's gonna be boys that quote unquote identify as a girl to go in the girls' bathroom where girls are, and there's gonna be problems. People are gonna be all bent out of shape when there's rapes in public school and all these other things. But like, how did this happen? I don't know how this happened because they're stupid. That's why they don't know and they can't see it coming. It's an anti-Christ, anti-God agenda. And it's applauded. It's applauded. And if you don't like it and you don't agree with it, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your child. Now you got your child in their formative years and there's kids. And first of all, we've, people have done such a poor job. They've done such a poor job of explaining any of these things to, uh, to their children that no, none of your children, you know, think about that. No, Tanya said a sex offender did that at a Wisconsin, is that what you're talking about, a Wisconsin spa? It's going to start happening in public schools. And I want you to hear this, because what's going to begin to happen is that you're going to start seeing these things as problems, but the problem is right now that you've got a problem if you don't agree with it. But we've done such a poor job in preparing our children that what if... What if somebody came uh, to your child and they were like, well, you're, you, you know, you, you live in some kind of an archaic religion. You know, why, why you, you live in this, you live in that stupid religion where they, you know, they hate gays and they hate lesbians and they'll misrepresent it to your child. And then your child doesn't have the ammunition to even explain what the Bible says or the where we stand on it. Why do you not believe in that? If I really love him and he really loves me, then how come it's wrong? If she really loves me and I really love her, then why is it wrong? And they'll use all these same stupid arguments that people are trying to use for homosexuality and lesbianism. Well, what the Bible was actually talking about, because they heard it on some website somewhere, some podcast. Well, what the Bible was actually talking about was abuse. And what they were actually talking about was when people had many different partners, but we're, we're being faithful to each other, just me and him, nobody else. And so they'll say all these things and your kid's sitting there, doesn't know how to respond. They're like, yeah, it must be okay if they're being faithful in their love because they don't even have enough Bible to understand how to reply, how to respond. This is our job as parents. It's our job as parents. Let me, let me read you a verse of scripture from first Peter chapter three. This is what we would like to call the apologists theme scripture. First Peter three and verse 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Do it with gentleness and respect. This is a command from Peter. We are supposed to be able to make a defense to anyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that's in us. That means we've got to be able to sufficiently explain why we believe what we believe from the Bible. And we're not preparing our kids to do that. You know, we act like apologetics. And if you've never heard, you know, people that don't understand this, they, they crack me up because there are people that are like, I don't like that word apologetics because I refuse to apologize for the Bible. It doesn't mean apologize in that sense, like, well, I'm sorry, but this is, no. Apologetics just means to make a defense, to give an answer. 
to give an answer. That's what the study of apologetics is. It's the ability to explain your faith, to make a defense for your faith, to be able to uh, break down why we believe what we believe. And we've done a horrible job with young people giving them this ability. That's why it's important because we live in a why generation. Why? Well, why? Well, why? Well, tell me why. Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to believe that? And the why is important. See, uh, and there was, if you don't know about the famous book that was written in the business world by Simon Sinek, start with why. Why gives you the strongest motivation to do anything. Not the what, not the who, not the how. The why. If you begin with why, it gives you the full force of momentum behind anything you're doing. And if your kids understand the why of Christianity, the why of the scripture, it's not the how we do it. It's not the who said to do it. It's not the what do we do. It's why do we do it? Why do we do it? And why do we believe the way we do? Again, this is preparing them to be a light. But you have all this sexual perversion that Jesus prophesied would be Uh, It's S-I-N-E-K, Aaron, S-I-N-E-K, Simon Sinek. Um, We're preparing them. But you know, Jesus prophesied this would be the case. Before he came back, it would be like it was in the days of Lot. We're there. We're there. And people are just immersing. Now, this is 2021, okay? This is 2021. When I was in the fifth grade... Let me think when that would have been, what year that would have been. How old is somebody in the fifth grade, Tiff? Do you know? 10? 10 years old, right? 10 years old. I would have been 1992, okay? It's 2021, 1992, fifth grade. When I was being homeschooled in the fifth grade, I had friends in public school that lived in our neighborhood that were in fifth grade guys that had already had sex. They'd already had sex. And they were 10. They were in fifth grade, 10 and 11. So you think about that. And we've progressed now. Uh, what is that? 92, 02, 12, almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. Where do you think the world's gone in 30 years? It hasn't gone up. It's gone down. And will continue to go down until Jesus returns. And that was in 92. That was before all this stuff that was going on. This was before everything was so public about sex and sexual orientation and who you prefer and all that stuff. This was before all that. There was no talk. There was no big talk in in public spaces about the LGBTQ community in 1992. You know, if you even mentioned gay, like, you know, if, if somebody like, you know, when friends came along and they even mentioned gay on their show, it was like a, ooh, like a taboo thing to mention gay. So in 92, nobody was out there uh, the way it is now. It's been a decline. Janine said they're not ready. Uh, in the hospital, we witnessed 11-year-olds giving birth. 11-year-olds. 11-year-olds. So I want you to hear this. Bethany said, I went to public school for two months in fifth grade. I heard more curse words on my first day in school than I had my entire life up to that point. We're throwing people in to a perverse system. Look at this. Jenna said she was getting her hair done a couple days ago. The lady next to her on the phone saying she's never seen what's going on in all 30 years she's been in the school system. 
saying her school just hired a new, new music teacher and the teacher is a woman who wants to tell the kids that she doesn't identify as male or female. She just and wants second graders to call her a them. Never seen anything like it in the 30 years of being uh, uh, an education provider. That's because what the Bible prophesied is coming to pass. We are declining in the natural world. We are declining. And it'll be like it was in the days of Lot, in the days of Noah. It already is. That was unashamed perversion. Oh, it's, it's exactly right. I know that's true, Tanya. Uh, some had a TED talk that students are turning to porn to learn about sex. They're being inundated by their devices. Porn is already available. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. And I'm just telling you, it's everywhere. And we want to send our kids into this. See, the, one of the problems we have is that we look at our kids as if they're, so, they're still babies. If you've got a 12-year-old, if you've got a 13-year-old, they're not a baby. Remember yourself when you were 13 years old. Remember yourself when you were 12 years old. What were you and your friends talking about? What were you and your friends doing? Now, fast forward that 30, 40 years. What do you think is going on? Absolutely. I hear the kids, I hear the kids in my neighborhood that are like little kids you know, probably 11 and 12, riding their bikes around. You hear the stuff they're saying to each other on the bikes, like foul mouths, foul mouths. It's unbelievable. And this is what we're getting in this culture. And we want to set, we want to just drop our kids into perversion. Drop your kids into perversion so you can get some good babysitting throughout the day. I'm so happy my kids get to go away to school for that. I got my day free. I can stay home and do what I need to do in peace and quiet. Great job. Great job. You just dip them into an antichrist system for 40 hours a week for, you know, 12 years of their life. God bless you. Hope they turn out great. I really do. Because that's not the way to make it happen. So I'm praying that they actually do turn out great. It'll be a miracle from heaven if they do. It'll be a miracle, especially in today's uh, society with public school. And, and I'm just telling you, it's everywhere. We're dipping our kids into a spirit of perversion. It's in everything. It's in what their friends show them on their phones. It's in what they talk about. It's in what the classrooms are doing. It's in what the curriculum's teaching. It's all of that, all of it, smashing our children from every, every, every direction. Sexual perversion is everywhere. Number three. The third thing you need to think about with these public school, with this public school nonsense, yank your kid out if you can, is this stupidity with healthcare. The stupidity with healthcare. Do you realize they're working to pass bills right now? You don't even know? If you don't know, you need to hear it. They're working to pass bills so that your child can be talked into taking different shots and different jabs at their school without ever having to alert the parents that they did. I'm talking about second graders, third graders. You telling me that my second grader is responsible enough to make medical decisions on their own behalf without my knowledge? Let me tell you, if that ever happened to my child and they came home and told, and told yeah, the, the teachers had me take three shots today. Let me tell you something. I would, I would turn into Liam Neeson in Taken. There'd be problems. There'd be massive problems. And that's the stuff they're trying to get to push. Well, parents, you know why? Because parents have a brain and don't want their kid having this, that, and the other happen to them. 
and they're trying to pass it all right now, right now, so that you don't have to ever get a call. You don't ever have to be asked, don't have to sign any form. Problems. And then you get, you get these kids masked up at school like a bunch of retards. Let me tell you something. You look at what's going on around in the world, put that, put that meme up. Look at this meme, and this is right now. College football, your child. Let me just, look at Tanya in Kentucky. I'm suspended now for allowing my students to breathe without masks. Leave that meme up. Look at that, that's right now. College football games, your child. Your child in a mask, in school. However, you can go to a restaurant in many states. I mean, our state doesn't even require it, but like many states that are still masked up. You can go to a restaurant and you can sit down at your table and take the mask off. But at school, they can't sit down at their desk and take the mask off. Stupidity on every level, on every level. We got packed out college football games, packed out uh, uh, professional sports games. We got packed out malls and restaurants, packed out flights, but your child can't sit down at their desk and take the mask off. And now look at this, Tanya, Christian teacher is suspended from her school. Suspended because she won't enforce this. Look at the college football games, look at your child. Stupidity. You can come back to me. Straight up stupidity. Forcing this stuff. And you can tell, let me tell you, you can see that it's a control issue. Our governor here in Florida said that he will not mandate schools uh, to have masks. And if the school mandates masks, he will withhold funding from the school. And then this administration said, well, if if he withholds, if he withholds funding, then we'll fund you from the federal government. You can tell it's a control issue. It's a control issue. It's ridiculous. How, how is there such a double standard and how can nobody see it? Explain to me, right? Explain to me how that we can do two different things. We can go to a restaurant after school with my kids and everybody can be maskless. Like here in Florida, where I, I live in one of the most liberal counties in Florida, Broward County. Dade and Broward County are two of the most liberal counties in all of Florida. They fight our governor tooth and nail on everything. There's no mask mandate here now. I can go to any restaurant I want, go to any store I want. I can go in. I don't have to wear a mask anywhere except, you know, the place that this barbershop, which I'm never going to, I'm not going back to that made my, made my kid. Now they've gone back to mass in the barbershop, like ridiculous because you got some old woman. That's a, a nut job mentally unstable that people aren't wearing masks in the, in the, I've been getting my hair done, but nobody's got a mask on. So I can go to any restaurant I want. I can go to the parks. I can go to Disney world. I can go to universal studios, but my kids have to go to school at a public school and put a mask on. They can get out of school and go to a restaurant next door to the school and not wear a mask. So explain to me the double standard. Why is it once you get in the church building, it's, or the church building, the school building, it's so dangerous. Something about the school, apparently, but the, the restaurants aren't dangerous, apparently, and Home Depot and Walmart aren't dangerous, apparently, and it's just ridiculous. 
And they're mandating it. Your kid has to sit there. And then you got Christian teachers like Tanya getting suspended because they won't enforce that garbage. It's garbage. It's ridiculous. You got this health care control. Yeah, exactly. Justin said, we got people drive by our church, yell outside parking team, put a mask on outside. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I say, forget them, forget them. And I'm gonna tell you why I say, forget them. And of course there's good teachers like Tanya, but I'm talking about at the school, <clears throat> school as, as a whole, school has gone down the drain. And I'm sure even Tanya would agree with that. School over the last 50 years has gone down the drain, down the drain. Do you know IQ levels as a whole have dropped, have dropped, especially in America, dropped. School system has gone down the drain. That's number four. The education levels have dropped severely. Do you know how much better of an education your child is going to get learning from you versus learning in a public school? Do you know how much better? Do you know how much better of an education they're going to get at a Christian school, a smaller Christian school that's private, than at a public school? Far better. Far better. Especially with you as a parent. Especially from you as a parent. Let me tell you, the average in our nation, I know every state's different, but in our nation, the average ratio of teacher to student is one to 17. So the average teacher has about 17 children per class. And when you teach your kids, even if you have three kids, like my wife and I, three kids, you're gonna get a one to three ratio. You tell me that your children are going to learn better at a one to 17 ratio than a one to three or a one to two or a one to one. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You can't even, there's some teachers that are, and I'm going to tell you the truth about it. My sister-in-law taught at a university level. And the crazy thing is, is that they can add, uh, they can add students. Here's, here's what blows my mind. She was explaining this to me. And she teaches a course in university. If you don't have enough students, they penalize you financially as a teacher. But if you have too many students, you don't get paid more. Think about that. If you don't have enough students in your university course, you get penalized financially as the teacher. But if you have too too many students, they don't bump your pay at all. So what is, (laughs) the thing is, once you get all those students you can't handle, which was happening, what's the benefit of trying to do more work to be a better teacher? There is no benefit. Unless you just have some kind of standard you're holding up to be the best university teacher there is. There's no benefit. So if they fail, they fail. If they, they don't get it, they don't get it. No big deal. You're not there 
to teach. And, and you understand, <clears throat> the harder this gets, look at this. Lee said, this year I have a 29 to 1 ratio in three of my five classes. 29 to 1. So basically, let's say 30 students. So one teacher to 30 students. And, and I'm just telling you, we're turning out seniors from public school that are illiterate. That's happening. I don't know if you know that. That is happening. I don't know how it's happening, but it's happening. We're, tur we're turning out students that are illiterate. Do you realize the average American, I want you to think about this. Now, I'm not saying this to brag on my daughter, but I, I just saw her score uh, from, from last year. It blew my mind. Um, I was looking at her Lexile level. I don't know if it's pronounced Lexile or Lexile. I think it's Lexile. I was looking at her Lexile level on her testing. My 11-year-old daughter reads and comprehends at a better rate than an advanced 12th grader, according to the Lexile level. Because there's three levels. There's like uh, beginner. I, I don't know how you would explain it, but it's like low-end 12th grade, average 12th grade, advanced 12th grade. In the state testing, my 11-year-old daughter is reading and comprehending at higher than an advanced 12th grade level. But we have, now listen to this, the average American reads at a fifth grade reading level. Think about that. The average American reads at a fifth grade reading level. How did we get there? <clears throat> How did we get there? There's a dumbing down of America. Yeah, it's a Lexile level. It's, it's, it's like a, a way to rate or it's, it's like a grade reading level to see where you're at, how advanced you are. And so how did we get to the place where the average American reads at a fifth grade level? For example, uh, why do you think Bibles like the New Living Translation, which is a, it, it's a wonderful translation, but why do you think it's become so popular? It's because the New Living Translation is written at a fifth grade reading level, fifth to sixth, whereas the ESV is written at an eighth to ninth grade reading level, and the NASB is written at 11 to 12th grade reading level. Same with the King James Version. So why do you think Bibles like the NLT have become so popular? It's because the average American reads at that level. It's like, oh, I can really finally understand the Bible. Well, there's a reason. I believe that, Carrie. Carrie said that they're purposely dumbing down students so they'll be easier to indoctrinate and control. I believe that. And that's not conspiracy theory. It's just Bible prophecy at work something's going to have to happen. I mean, have you watched any of these videos where people go out on the street and are asked basic questions, basic questions about America and people don't know? Like you can just YouTube it. Americans being dumb for nine straight minutes. <laughs> and I mean, like they have no idea. No idea. And it's not hard questions. It's not hard questions. It's easy, easy questions. So what's going on? They're all out there flaunting their uh, public school education.
Now, I did both, just so you know. I went for, for nine years of my life, I was homeschooled, and I finished off in high school. Freshman through senior, I went to a public high school. Yeah, that's exactly, and there should be, Rob. He said there's a mass exodus from public schooling, though, especially in the last year. There should be a mass exodus. There should be a total exodus. Especially among Christians, a total exodus. It's like, it's ridiculous. The things that are going on are ridiculous. Education levels are dropping. People are becoming more and more uneducated, even though they've got education. I don't want my, you know, I want my children to be sharp. My wife is a great teacher, though she's never gone to school for teaching, though she's never been to university for the purpose of teaching or learning to be a teacher. She's an excellent teacher. And my my kids' uh, grades and their state testing proves that. And whatever argument you want to make on whether testing is the best way to check out children's education level, let me just say that even at the state testing levels, to see where they're at is extremely encouraging. Extremely encouraging. Uh, Jessica said, this is my daughter's first year being homeschooled. She came from a 28 to one ratio and she has many learning gaps that we're addressing. Her confidence has improved just knowing her parents are talking, taking the time to teach her at home. Exactly. And let me just say, I commend you, Jessica, and every parent that's doing that. Yes, it's, yes, it's more work. Yes, it takes time. Yes, you're not going to be able to do all the same things you want to do throughout the day. But let me tell you, it's worth every penny. And it's worth every minute and it's worth your child's future. It's everything. It's everything. Let me say this coming from the opposite side, Jessica, from the opposite side, as I just said, I was homeschooled for nine years and then went to public school. I could not believe, you know, it's, it's like, it blew my mind. Like how far behind I felt far more advanced. Like (laughs) here was my problem. My problem was that, first of all, I'm a very social person. Secondly, if something doesn't challenge me, I get very bored very quickly, very bored, very quickly. And uh, it just, it got to that place where it's like for the first two, three years, I crushed it. And it's just like, at that, I was like, I would much rather just spend time with the people there. And then and also, once you know what you're called to do, like, this is what made me laugh. Like. I, I got to the place where like, I'm going to Bible school. I'm called to be a preacher of the gospel. And when you know in your spirit that like, I'm called to preach full-time as a, as a gospel preacher, it makes your attitude towards trigonometry a whole lot different. <laughs> You're like, I will never in my life use this. <laughs> I was mad that I took it. I'm sitting there thinking like, I'm getting ready to go to Bible school to preach the gospel. I will never touch trigonometry again for the rest of my life. And so I just, it's like your mind turns over. Robert said, we started this year. We love it. Uh, Kudos to parents who take on this challenge. I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. And it's 
that's Danielle homeschools both boys, third and first grade this year. That's exactly right. Do you know, you say, well, it's so much work. Carolyn, this is her first year doing three children. And they're done by lunchtime. Done with all school by lunchtime. What don't you think about that? You know, so starting around, and we don't get crazy about, you know, you need to be up at 7 a.m. and you need to get, no, we don't go crazy about it. Say, so, you know, start at 8.30, start at 9 o'clock. And they're done by lunchtime with all their subjects. Got the rest of the day to enjoy the family together. And I, and I mean that. And they're doing well. I'm not saying we just like fly through the work and don't even know what they're doing. We're doing well. And they're smart. But, and there might be some days that it takes longer. But how amazing. Sitting on wait, wasting all that time in an antichrist system, sitting around school with a bunch of knob jobs. It's gone through it. Now, final final thing I want to deal with. The whole thing is an anti-Christ, anti-God, number five, indoctrination system. I want to deal with that finally. Number five, the whole thing is an anti-Christ, anti-God indoctrination system. Do you realize, I want you to think about this. Why do you think it is, why do you think it is that public schools refuse to allow their science teachers to teach creationism in the public school classroom, but they have no issues whatsoever in teaching the theory of evolution? I want to just break this down for just a second. Anti-God, anti-Christ. Do you realize that it takes more faith to believe the antichrist system? It takes more faith to believe in the theory of evolution than it does to believe in creationism. It takes far more faith. Do you realize that do you realize that the theory of evolution number 1 has no observable evidence but beside that it breaks the laws of physics. Do you realize that? Do you realize that the, that the theory of evolution goes against the second law of thermodynamics, which is entropy. That if any system is left to its own devices with no outside influence, it will move toward chaos, never toward order. So if we just have this world left to its own devices after a big bang, somehow a single-celled organism that was somehow made alive is going to then is going to then evolve into this extremely complex ordered system. I mean, it breaks scientific laws and it has no observable evidence. We don't have transitionary fossils. We don't have that. There's no way to observe this to be true. It's a, it's a guy's idea. Meanwhile, many of the things that scientists are seeing now, like the fact that the universe is expanding, 
which means if the universe is expanding, it had a starting point, it had an origin. Aaron said, say that again, order doesn't happen on accident. That's exactly true. I mean, just, just study the second law of thermodynamics for yourself. Tanya said, it takes one out of 10 to the 77th power to make a functional protein from mutations. It makes no scientific sense. It takes more faith to believe evolution than it does creation. <clears throat> Look at DNA. DNA, scientists agree, is a written code, a written code that exists every everywhere we look, and if there's a written code, there has to be a writer. Do you realize that? If there's a written code, there has to be a writer. That's what DNA is. The universe is expanding. We can observe that. We can observe, scientists can observe the fact that the universe is expanding, which means it had a starting point. I heard one guy that was having a debate with a, a college professor. And the college professor thought he was going to really shame this Christian because he said to him, he said, um, do you really expect my students to believe that every species of dog that's on the earth came from two dogs that were on Noah's Ark? That was his question. And the Christian guy that was debating said, it's far easier than to believe what you want them to believe that every species of dog came from a rock. <laughs> and that, my friends, is exactly right. I mean, it's utter foolishness. Utter, utter foolishness. And, and we teach it to our kids because it's an anti-Christ, anti-God system in these public schools. And they don't allow them. Tanya said math professors in the late 60s challenged the evolutionists concerning evolution mathematically impossible. Mathematically impossible. Utter foolishness. And see, you get, you get uh, reprimanded, you know, if you do these things. So that's, that, that's, no, it's not just religion. In fact, anytime... I have young people and I'll give you a book for young people. Anytime I have young people that are questioning their faith or quite, you know, they go to university or they're in high school or they're questioning the Bible, they're questioning faith, all of these different things because of the fact uh, that they're hearing different things taught. I, I say, let me just give you one book. Would you read one book? And they're like, yeah, I guess. Yes, I mean, I would read one, one book. I'll tell you, this is the book I recommend. And the book is called, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. It's a phenomenal book. It's written by Frank Turek and Norman Geisler, Dr. Norman Geisler. I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Phenomenal book. And it, it breaks these things down systematically and just destroys the argument of what these secular teachers would teach and believe. Completely destroys it. I recommend that to you if you have young people, teenagers, college age, they need this book. They need this book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Grab it. Get the Kindle version, get the paperback, whatever you want. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. 
Dr. Norman Geisler, and Frank Turek. It's an antichrist indoctrination system. Why do you think people come back from university and why do you think they come back from high school and all these things, then they start uh, pushing back on what they've heard their whole life in church? It's because there is an agenda. There is an agenda out there. You see, to try to make our society think, what do you think being woke is? What do you think that foolishness is? (laughs) cultural pressure. We got to think the way our culture thinks. Yeah, Aaron, but his last name is, uh, Turek, T-U-R-E-K, Turek. Great book. It's cultural pressure. And we've been teaching and preaching kingdom over culture, kingdom over culture. I believe and I do what the Bible says far above what the culture expects. Far above. Far above. I will obey this before I'll do anything that makes people in this culture happy. If it becomes illegal to preach against sin, I'll be preaching about it from a jail cell. You can find me on cell block E. Bottom line, I'm telling you, it's got to be kingdom over culture. What public schools are pushing is this cultural pressure, this wokeness that's absolutely ridiculous. Why do we have uh, public library readings for our public school children done by drag queens? Why are we putting our little kids in front of drag queens for them to have drag queen reading hour for our kindergartners and our Uh, they had one where where this drag queen guy sitting there with a skirt on that was so short that every time he moved his legs you could see his genitals as the kids are sitting on the floor you got this kind of stuff going on it was just about diversity it's not about diversity it's stupidity it's stupidity and they're fully immersed in stupidity because sin makes you stupid Sin makes you dumb, makes you do dumb things. It's an antichrist indoctrination system. Why any parent is leaving their child, if they have the ability to take them out, why any child is being left in public school if they have the ability to be taken out is beyond me. It's beyond me. I mean, even if there's a co-op somewhere or something that you could join, why any Christian parent would, if they have the ability, I'm, I'm not saying this to be condemning. I'm saying if you can be at home, if you've got the money, and again, it's not a ton of money, and you can pay it monthly just like anything else. <laughs> Search out if there's grants or if there's anything in your state that you can, you know. But I'm just saying, if any kid is being left behind in public school when they could have been taken out. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why, why would, why would a parent choose that for their kid? (laughs) It's like, I can't even fathom it. My wife did a great podcast on this, uh, just recently. Let me pull this, uh, pull this up because she had the title that she sent to me. 
and maybe you, uh, Tiffany, can remember the, the podcast number, but it's called Back, Back to Homeschool Edition, Back to School Homeschool Edition for, for Women. Was that, a, was that a broadcast or was it, yeah, it was a broadcast. It was the Back to School Homeschool Edition for Women. Go watch it if you haven't watched it and listen to it if you haven't listened to it on the podcast. But why anybody would just leave their kid hanging in public school, I don't know. It's called God Qualifies the Called. The Lord will provide. I agree, Rob. The Lord will provide because, listen, you know this is a godly principle to raise your children in the word, in the things of God, uh, to actually raise your kids up in the way they should go. That's a command. I know it's in Proverbs. I still look at it as a command. Train your children up. Raise them up in the way they should go. I know it's poetry. I still look at it as a command. Train them up in the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. Well, that's my goal. I don't want my kids departing from the faith. You can see that in type uh, when Paul's talking to Timothy. What did he say to Timothy? He said, this faith that you have, this faith that you have, it started in your grandmother. It then went into your mother. And now I am persuaded it is in you, Paul said to Timothy. So what Paul's saying is Timothy had a third generation faith. It started in his grandmother. It was then passed on through training, through teaching, all the to his mother. And then from his mother into him. You see that? Powerful. We're transferring these things. The faith of our fathers, the faith of our grandfathers. You see. And that's the key. That's the key. I want to pray for you. I, I understand. I know it's, it's Memorial Day. People have, or Labor Day, and people have plans. Memorial Day's in May. Um, people have plans. You're hanging with your family today. I'm not going to take all day. I just want, I, this has been in my spirit. It's been in my spirit and it's time. The more I see, the more angry I get at this ridiculous nonsense that's going on. <clears throat> I mean, ridiculous. And why children are being left behind. Christian children, I've got no idea. I got no idea. Well, my kids want to go to public. I'm sure they do. But my kids don't run my house. I don't know if they run yours, but my kids don't run my house. I run my house and I'm going to be responsible when I stand before God. He's not going to say, well, your children, uh, you didn't, you didn't raise your children like they want it. It's not, it's not up to them. It's up to me. If your children did everything they wanted, they'd never eat a, a healthy meal. They'd never go to bed on time. They'd never have proper rest. They'd never brush their teeth. They'd never clean. They wouldn't learn anything if they do what they wanted to do. That's why training is necessary. And I'm going to stand before God for my family. And I want to be able to give an account. That's right, Rob. Rob said they're, they're God's kids before they're my kids. And I'm tasked with raising them up in faith, with raising them up in love and letting them see what the right way to go is and then pushing them on that path. Arrows. Don't forget. I'm taking my arrow, my child. I'm, put, I'm, I'm putting them in it. I'm knocking them in. I'm drawing them back, putting force behind them 
aiming them in the proper direction and releasing them into what God's called them to do. It's exactly it. We're responsible for our children. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're in one of these situations. Number one, you don't have the ability to stay home right now. You don't have the finances right now, whatever it might be. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to make a way for you because I've, I, I can just tell you straight up public school is not where it's at. It's done. It's done. And it's terrible. It's terrible. Your children do not deserve that. They deserve, they deserve the best. Number four, the education levels of schools. Let me hit the five again. So you don't miss any. Number one, your kids are not yet prepared to be a light in a dark place. That's number one. Number two, it's full sexual perversion in teaching, in culture, everything, applauding it. Number three, the healthcare aspect, masking your kids up, always want them to take every vaccine, every whatever. Number four, the education levels have plummeted. And number five, the whole thing is anti-Christ, anti-God indoctrination. It's exactly what it is. I want to pray for you. I want to ask the Lord to make a way for you, for your children, so that they'll have the very best and be prepared and equipped to do what they're called to do. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every family watching, every family listening. I pray, Lord, that you would make a way for their kids. Maybe they're not in a place where they can stay home. Make a way, whatever that is, a co-op, if they give them a better, uh, you know, their, their, their spouse a better job so they can stay home, whatever it might be. And Father, I pray that you'd bless them with the finances. Make a way so that they could do it. We want to train our children up to serve you, to follow you, to be strong believers and accomplish their purpose. We don't want any aspect of the spirit of this world touching our children in Jesus' mighty name. Pray for our grandchildren, Lord. Touch our grandchildren that are coming up in this uh, uh, final generation of time. Touch them. Bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Use them for your glory. We thank you, Lord, for it. We give you praise. Now, Lord, I pray you keep our kids and our grandkids from all wickedness, all harm, and all danger. Let them be strong, smart, and set apart in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, and we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, before we go today, I want to encourage you, those of you that are watching, you're believing for increase, to sow a seed financially into this ministry. You can always go to miracleword.com and sow a seed there. You have all the digital aspects. If you could put the lower third up so they can see all the ways that they can sow a seed. And then also uh, on miracleword.com, all of those ways are listed. But let me, let me, make it, let me ask you to do something. Those of you that are standing with us, as we're making the biggest moves we've ever made in the kingdom, I'm believing God that you're, he's speaking to you that are watching to partner with this ministry. We're believing for a thousand partners strong. That's our goal. Thank you, Janine. A thousand partners strong. And maybe the Lord's speaking to you to stand with us in partnership at $85 a month or more. That's what a partner does. Prays for us stands with us at at least $85 a month or more. Listen, let me encourage you to go to miracleword.com and click on the partner tab. And there you can fill out the form. You can see all that we're doing to touch this generation, but stand with us before it's too late. Jesus is coming back and people need the gospel before it's too late. And so I want to say thank you to everybody that is taking a step of faith 
to stand with us monthly. God will bless you. We have so many testimonies of God blessing his people through partnership. It's amazing. For the month of September, we're going to send you this book by Brother Kenneth Copeland, The Laws of Prosperity. This will build your faith and give you knowledge about how God blesses his children financially. If you'd like to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Tell us how you sowed your seed and give us the address and we'll send this to you uh, as soon as possible. And thank you for standing with us. Aaron, you're still waiting on what books? You got an order in right now, waiting on books from uh, our store. We'll get them out to you. If you haven't gotten them and it's been a while, send an email to Jenna at MiracleWord.com just to make sure everything's kosher with your article. I mean, with your article, with your uh, order. I love you guys. Have a great, great Labor Day. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the food. Enjoy your friends. I don't know how you're celebrating, but have fun. I love you a lot. I will be back again in the morning. 10.30 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'll be live. And uh, let me quickly say before I go, if you haven't yet signed up to be a part of Carolyn's upcoming meeting in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, I wanna encourage you to do that. If you can get there, get there, it's gonna be a blast. September 18th, it's Saturday, all day, 8.30 to 3.30, there's lunch, there's workshops. Register for free, crossroadsconnects.com forward slash women, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. Come join us in these live services, revivals. We want to see you. I love you so much. Have fun today. I'll see you again in the morning. Be blessed. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.